0: Good morning, everyone. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm the Executive Director of the Healing Words Foundation, and I am filling in today as your Prairie Doc Radio host. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your questions, so give us a call at 605 692 1430. Again, that's 605 692 1430. With us today to answer your orthopedic questions is Dr. Jeffrey Dressander. Good morning. Good
1: morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Good morning. Dr. Dressander is an orthopedic surgeon with Avera Medical Group here in Brookings. Uh, New to Brookings then.
1: New to Brookings. Really enjoy uh, our time here so far. My wife and I are both from Chicago originally, so uh, it's great to be back up in the Midwest. Uh, I grew up in a town not too much bigger than Brookings, so this feels uh, very comfortable to me already. So,
0: I know we were talking earlier, uh, you know what it's like to get a better coat. Not, <laughs> That's uh, true. Not necessi- yeah. you, you are prepared for what will happen here in the next month or so.
1: Yeah, we grew up uh, in Chicago, like I said, so we still have a lot of our winter gear, thankfully. Uh the kids uh, who are in their 20s, uh, not so much. So they're uh, looking for sweatshirts this week when they're in town here. So
0: Yeah, it's, uh, hopefully it'll hold off while they're here visiting <laughs> yeah, sure, for the sure. holiday. So tell us a little bit about your background, where you went to school, kind of where you, and sure. where you came from.
1: Sure. I grew up in uh, the Chicagoland area. I went to college at University of Illinois. That's where I met my wife uh, almost 30 years ago, I guess. And um, did my medical training at Rush Medical College in Chicago and more orthopedic training at University of Wisconsin and Madison. So my wife and I have been in the Midwest for a long time, and then um, we spent the last 15 years or so in the Southeast. Uh, kids grew up in the Atlanta area. They're all in their 20s now and out of the house. Uh, uh, and then we uh, decided to make the move back up here uh, for a great opportunity here at, at Vera Health.
0: Why did you choose to specialize in orthopedics?
1: Well, growing up, I played a lot of sports, and as a result, spent a lot of time in orthopedic doctors' offices growing up with various bumps and bruises and other injuries, and uh, just uh, also had a really strong interest in science at the time, Uh, still do, Uh, and that kind of helped me put that together. I could study sciences, which I enjoy, and also uh, help... Uh, people get back on their feet after injuries and uh so it seemed to be a good mix uh, or a good match for my interests at the time
0: so moving to a smaller community right but uh, in general what does your work entail like what are you typically seeing
1: we're seeing uh, patients of all ages with uh, injuries or chronic conditions of their joints, uh, mainly shoulders, hips, and knees. Or what bring most people in to see me? Uh, people who have, you know, either injured themselves uh, doing work around the house or uh, fooling around on the weekends with some sports activities, uh, or just have had noticed, uh lingering, ongoing pain in their joints and want to have some idea what's causing it and what they can do to help them feel help them feel better.
0: What do you like most about your work?
1: It's great to have somebody come in really struggling with an injury or, or pain uh, that's been going on for a long time, being able to diagnose their problem for them and help them feel better and get back to doing the things that they enjoy.
0: Hopefully people are not going to be seeing you while they're hanging up Christmas lights here recently. <laughs> sure, so, sure. uh Typically, are, do you see um, – i I have a student athlete Mm -hmm. are you seeing more younger people coming in
1: it's a mix you know it's uh one phenomenon that we've noticed in orthopedics uh over the last 20 years or we're seeing younger and younger patients with arthritic conditions things that we would normally you know think of our grandparents having but now we're seeing people my age you know mid-50s late 40s coming in with pretty significant arthritis damage to their joints and um That one great thing is that's kind of pushed our technology to develop more durable parts to put in if we have to replace their joints. These parts now can last longer and give them a chance of only needing one surgery rather than traditionally they might need two or three surgeries to last them their lifespan um, because these parts would wear out pretty quickly.
0: We're going to be going to our first break here. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Give us a call now at 605-692-1430 with any orthopedic questions you would like for us to address. Again, that number is 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group.
2: Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in the United States. Cigarette smoking is the number one cause of lung cancer, but it can also be caused by other forms of tobacco like pipes and cigars or breathing secondhand smoke or being exposed to asbestos or radon. We also are concerned with people who have a family history of lung cancer. Lung cancer symptoms may include coughing that gets worse and doesn't go away, chest pain, shortness of breath, wheezing, and coughing up blood. Other illnesses that can cause these these symptoms should be investigated as well. If you have any symptoms, talk to your doctor. For help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit cdc.gov slash quit. Your provider at the Avera Medical Group is a good resource to discuss lung symptoms. Call 697-9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to
0: Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, and Dr. Jeffrey Dressander is here to answer our orthopedic questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. So before the break here, we were talking about uh, new technologies and stuff that's coming in. What are some of those? Do you, are you excited about some new treatments that are happening or, you know, are there new technologies that you feel like have been helpful for you?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. New technology is one of the exciting things about orthopedics and most fields of medicine, especially orthopedics, because we have newer and more uh, less invasive techniques to help treat these injuries that allow people to recover faster. Uh, One exciting tool we have here in Brookings is robotic assisted joint replacement of the hip and knee, which really helps us be more precise in uh, placing the parts in the joint, which help them work better and last longer. So it's really an exciting new development um, that's available here to, to the people of Brookings.
0: I do like <clears throat> so if we're talking about joint replacement, hips and all those kind of things, what's the recovery time with robotic assisted surgery as opposed to like the traditional one that everybody has been using?
1: Recovery is is the same cuz okay. we're still dealing with the healing of you know different the muscles that we have to move out of the way to okay. put the joints in. But the main th- benefit we're seeing is with the parts in the most precise position possible it allows these joints to work better and last longer which helps the patients avoid the complication of repeat surgeries uh, down the road
0: let's say a patient comes in they're having hip problems um what is your procedure that you talk them through and kind of assess whether or not this is something that they need
1: sure well most of the things that we treat in orthopedics does not require any surgery at all okay. uh so we always uh, use surgery as a last resort okay it's always at the end of a relationship and discussion with the patient uh going through different options uh, physical therapy can help a lot of these conditions Uh, medication of course Uh, If we're dealing with an arthritic problem of the say of the hip um, we talk with the patient about how it's limiting their activities uh to what degree how often are they having to take breaks and avoid doing things that they used to uh, enjoy sure and depending on how much of an impact it's making, then we can kind of tailor our treatment plan with them from there. Usually starting with medications, physical therapy, but for really severe arthritis, unfortunately, the only thing that seems to be uh, good for long-term relief is a surgical joint replacement surgery.
0: So what causes that? Is it genetics? Is it just overuse? What, mm-hmm. what causes that? It's if a
1: combination right? of things, okay. uh, overuse, Old injuries are probably the most common uh, sure. causes we see. Um, carrying a few extra pounds for can accelerate that process. Um, we do see some clusters of uh, arthritic joints in families, so there is some uh, genetic component to th- to that as well. Uh, but most of the time, it's a wear and tear condition that's had led to that.
0: So someone's come in and seen you, <clears throat> you've tried medication, you've tried physical therapy, you've tried uh, everything, and now surgery is what has to be happening. Mm-hmm. What's the procedure there? What should they expect when they're going in for a surgery?
1: Well it, it's never quite what they expect, you, even sure. though you have a lot of discussions about it. It's always, uh, most people are new to the process, it's, it's often a, a surprise. Um, they come into the hospital, and they have the surgery that morning. They're usually up moving around there that afternoon and most people are going home the next day uh, with home physical therapy and the great thing about uh, the hip replacement is their pain is gone almost immediately. So the pain they come in with is gone almost immediately after the surgery. That's really gratifying.
0: What's the, um, <clears throat> after the surgery, how long is it till they get back to kind of normal? Are they allowed to drive and all those kind of things? Like what's that recovery process? Yeah, it, to,
1: like? to be able to drive, it depends on which hip we're doing. Sure. If it's the right hip, uh, usually it'll be three to four weeks before they're able to drive okay. when they have regained you know, good muscle control of that leg again to move from pedal to pedal quickly. Um, but they're walking right away. I'd say four to eight weeks, most people are back doing most daily activities without any any problems.
0: Do you have any recommendations for people for um, that you typically make to ensure patients recover quickly after post-operative?
1: Uh, early mobility, okay. getting them moving, uh, getting them out of bed early as possible. Helps prevent a lot of the complications uh, from being relatively still, like blood clots and pneumonias from having being stuck in bed, uh, early mobility is really important to reverse those and prevent them.
0: So if we switch over from hip replacement and surgery and talk about physical therapy, what are some of the typical things that people come in to you that you recommend that they go to physical therapy for?
1: Shoulder pain, usually due to a rotator cuff issue. The rotator cuff's a group of muscles that helps move our arms and shoulders in all different directions. So it's a very um, busy group of muscles and easily overworked and injured. Um, And that's one of the more common reasons people come to see us is ongoing pain in the shoulder that limits their activities. Physical therapy can be very helpful to get um, almost 75, 80% of people with a, a rotator cuff injury back to their activities again without any surgery.
0: Uh, any other ones? Uh, is there stuff that you do for your knees or, you know, hips that you can do at physical therapy that help strengthen those yeah. muscles? Uh,
1: they spe- The physical therapist specialized in helping improve joint mobility, so stretching and flexibility exercises, and also strengthening exercises because a strong joint is a stable joint and is more uh, resistant to injuries. So,
0: Typically when you see um, surgery for hip replacements and stuff, are you seeing more of those that are... Aging? Is there an age that you typically see that?
1: Well, traditionally, uh, we would be seeing patients in their late 60s and 70s. Okay. Uh, now we're seeing patients in their late 40s and 50s. Okay. So it, there's a lot of factors at play. Uh, I think people are more active, you know, f- doing sports and things than they were maybe a generation or two ago. Sure. And that may predispose them to some injuries that don't seem major at the time, but can start this arthritic process that over many years can uh, cause a, a serious arthritic condition is somebody that normally wouldn't get there till they were in their 70s.
0: Once you have that joint replaced, is there a chance you would have to have it re-replaced or is it just...
1: Yes, but that's uh, uh, chances lower now because the parts we have now, due to technology improvements, is, are they're more durable and last longer, and we're smarter about how we put those parts in, so to put them in the best mechanical position that make them uh, more stable and last longer.
0: Okay, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at six zero five. with any orthopedic questions you would like for us to address. We will return following
2: this informative message from Avera Medical Group. Frostbite is a type of injury caused by freezing. It leads to a loss of feeling and color in the areas it affects, usually extremities such as the nose, ears, cheeks, chin, fingers, and toes. Frostbite can permanently damage the body and severe cases can lead to amputation. Frostbite should be checked by a healthcare provider. Call 697-9500 to see your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm
0: Ashley Ragsdale and Dr. Jeffrey Dressander is here to answer our orthopedic questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. At the break, we were talking about the robot assist, and um, I I think sometimes we forget here in Brookings how great it is as a rural community to be be able to have that Mm -hmm. access to that technology.
1: Yeah, uh, as far as equipment and technology, uh, not only do we have the orthopedic robot, we also have the robot system for general surgery, urologic surgery here as well, and some gynecologic surgery, so... Uh, For a a community this size, the hospital has really spared uh, no expense to bring in the latest technology for the physicians to provide the -the state-of-the-art care to their patients here.
0: Uh, Let's switch to a younger age group, and we talked about sports and all those kind of things. Are you seeing, and I know, you know, the news cycle always shows it, but I feel like there are more and more athletes nowadays. It feels like I see more ACL tears and all those kind of things. Is there a reason for that kind of thing, or is it just the intensity in which things are happening now?
1: Sure. I think uh, when I grew up, you know, we played whatever sport was happening that season. Sure. So I played three or four sports every year. Nowadays, athletes are becoming so specialized at a young age, they're playing 100 baseball games. Instead of 10 or 15 in Little League, they're paying, playing year-round. So especially for throwing athletes, uh, there is really an epidemic of arm injuries we're seeing that you know, we see um, a major league players struggle with. We're seeing those same injuries in teenagers now as far as elbow ligament injuries, uh, ACL and knee injuries. Again, the, the intensity of competition is probably quite a few steps, few steps higher than when I was playing at that age sure. because the things are so competitive now. There's better training, better coaching for these kids, so they're learning to play at a higher level. With that, things move faster, and when bodies are moving faster, the risk of injury increases. So it's definitely uh, you're, you're correct in seeing a, uh, an increase in those types of injuries.
0: What should we be doing with our – our own youth to kind of help prevent that kind mm-hmm. of injuries.
1: For knee injuries, especially in the young female athlete, uh, a really good uh, addition to their training is some specific knee training exercises for knee strength and stability because we've learned that boys and girls move differently right. as far as stopping and, and landing. Um, teaching the young female athletes how to do that safely, and that requires some training and practice and strengthening has been shown to really help reduce the chance of ACL injuries in those young female athletes.
0: Do you feel like – I know that, like, for my own child, she does weightlifting and conditioning mm-hmm. with, like, the mm-hmm. high school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and we know that's good for us as adults. Is sure. that also good for them?
1: It, it is. Uh, if done properly with okay. the proper instruction and proper uh, coaching, uh, it w- strength training is very beneficial for injury prevention uh, in the younger athlete, for sure. It, but, again, it has to be done properly under proper supervision. So
0: if we move to kind of um, one of the big things here is even in Brookings and Nationwide's pickleball, right? So Mm -hmm. we're seeing a resurgence of um, those of us that are older doing this. What should we, as middle-aged to older uh, people that are out exercising, what should we be doing to help strengthen those muscles to avoid those kind of injuries? The
1: important thing as we get older uh, is proper warm-up and proper hydration or intake of fluids because as we age, our tendons, which attach our muscles to the bones, uh, become stiffer and less pliable. Staying hydrated helps reverse some of that, but also proper stretch more will help prevent a tendon injury, which is uh, very, uh, probably more common things we see in older weekend pickleball athletes. And other uh, older athletes too. Uh, Achilles injuries, hamstring injuries, uh, are, are become more common as we get older and stay active like that.
0: Where do we go to get the correct way to do that? Do we come see you? Do we come see you and then get a physical therapist? Like where should we be looking for the correct way to do these things?
1: Yes. So If, if you're having uh, any kind of joint issue and you want some help with uh, that, we can evaluate that in the clinic. And then with the help of the, our physical therapy colleagues, get you started on a, the proper techniques, proper strength training program to help uh, get you back out there.
0: Sure. Uh, what other, are, uh, in your practice, what are kind of the most common um, things that you see kind of on a daily basis, non-surgical?
1: Uh, rotator cuff, kay. shoulder issues, um, and then patients at various stages of arthritis, yeah. pain in their knees and hips. Um, again, not everybody comes to see us uh, is a candidate for surgery right away. Maybe they're early on in the arthritic Uh, cycle Uh, but even if people have really severe arthritis for their joints I can't tell them it's time to have their surgery they tell me when that's when they're ready for surgery so there's always a discussion it's always a collaboration um, between uh, myself and the patient determine what the right treatment is at the right time for them
0: you talked about medication earlier What sort of medication is something that you try to help people with their arthritis?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, we don't have a whole lot of new treatments for arthritis. It's one of the oldest diseases around, uh, and we don't have much more to throw at it than we did 50 years ago. Uh, We have aspirin and its cousins, like ibuprofen and naproxen. Some newer medicines that are easier on the stomach than those were, um, something called Celebrex, it's now a generic medicine, was designed to be gentler on the stomach, which is which helpful for people who need to use that for the long term. Uh, but we still don't have a good way, a reliable way, to replace our own joint cartilage once it's damaged and gone. Um, that's... Will be a really exciting development if that ever happens because that's something that really helpful uh, a younger person who has a knee injury or hip injury to help restore their joint cartilage. But until then, we just have you know age-old tried and true you know treatments until they get to the point where they are, you know their arthritis has progressed what we call the bone-on-bone bone sure. stage uh, where the bones on each side of the joint are in constant contact and there's nothing cushioning between them. Then we are in the uh, the joint replacement discussion uh, at that time.
0: What about, um, I know that we've had several friends that have gotten, it's not, I think it's a steroid shot or a cortisone mm-hmm. shot. When are those typically used?
1: Those can be used uh, if patients have been trying an oral medicine, okay. like an ibuprofen, naproxen, and it's no longer helping. They t- they're tell me, Doc, I'm taking ibuprofen five times a day. That's too much ibuprofen to be taking uh, each day. Then we good time to add a steroid injection like a cortisone or a, we don't use cortisone anymore. We use cousins of cortisone which are more potent sure. and stay more localized in the joint um, and can provide more long lasting pain relief for patients with arthritis. But when they get to the severe stage, there's even those shots don't seem to last as long, uh, and we kind of know what's we're getting close to the end there.
0: Uh, sure. So they're just postponing the inevitable probably. Right. Maybe they, they, want,
1: it, they want to do it during the holidays or they've got a trip coming up. They don't want to uh, miss. So it. we always, you know, that's be the right time for them because it will take them out of their routine for a few weeks.
0: How long does someone typically from um, like, if they are getting that um, cortisone shot or taking hopefully not a, too many Tylenol, um, I, is there a recommended time where you say within six months you have to have this done or can they do this until they want to do it?
1: Well, y- yeah, typically we don't want to put a cortisone shot into a joint uh, very frequently. So yeah. I, we try to space them out three months, four months if we can. Um, we learn the hard way with old football players you know, and Dick Butkus and Ray Nishke era. Sure. Getting shots every week. Well, we found out, unfortunately, that caused really rapid deterioration of the joints okay. in addition to the arthritis damage that they were causing. So we got smarter, but so we tried to spread them out as long as we can. But if we have to repeat an injection every three months or it's not working, we have to have another discussion about uh, a surgery. Sure.
0: It's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We have just a few minutes left for you to call in with your questions at 605-692-1430.
2: We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group. Did you know that someone in the United States has a heart attack every 40 seconds? A heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood. You might hear a heart attack called an MI or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome
0: back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, and Dr. Jeffrey Dressander is here to answer our orthopedic questions. So, we're moving into unfortunately winter. What should we be watching out if we fall? Like, if we fall and we think, oh no, when should we be coming in to see you?
1: <laughs> when you fall and your wrist or ankle are crooked you should come see it us prob- probably so <laughs> um, but if you fall and you notice a lot of swung and pain sure. of a wrist a elbow ankle whatever um and you're having trouble bearing weight or walking on that ankle uh or you're feeling a lot of swelling or numbness in your fingers after falling that's when you should go see somebody probably the emergency room uh depending on the time of day or uh they'll refer you to our office uh after they're you're evaluated
0: yeah, we're, now that you're back in the Midwest, we're not great about coming to the doctor sometimes. So um, <clears throat> I just know that um, we have, uh, whether it's an aging population or even kids, like the ice and stuff is just so dangerous this yeah. type of year. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any sort of um, things that we should be, you know, besides the swelling and everything else? Like what if it just doesn't go away, but it's not super painful? is that something
1: well you you, right people don't want to go to the doctor right and so for them to to show up in our office it usually tells me that whatever they're bothered by has reached a point where it's really interfering with their daily activities and it's no longer acceptable to them so uh but i I know the people around here are pretty stoic pretty pretty tough and so it's like pulling teeth to get them to, yeah. uh, to admit that yeah. they're actually hurt, but, uh, uh, or how bad they're hurting. Uh, but I'm used to those types of discussions. And, um, uh, I think, uh, my personality is such, I can help relate to the, to the patients, uh, especially in this area, uh, and develop a good rapport and they can be a little more open and honest about uh, what's really bothering them.
0: Uh, we did a medical myth show here that airs in December and I have a, um, there, you hear that one where um, people talk about if they've broken a bone or fallen, that they can feel the weather changing in their joints. Is there any sort of um, science behind that?
1: First of all, it's true. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> there you go. It's a myth debunked. It's not a myth. It's there you the go. truth. Uh, there, the bones do have pressure sensors. Okay. So they're, they're sensitive to barometric pressure, believe it or not. And uh, especially if there's an injury in uh, a healing reaction, that uh, response is more uh, heightened and people can uh, sense the weather change.
0: See, we learn something new every mm. time. So, before we go, please be sure to tune into South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Tomorrow, November 23rd, we are off for the evening due to the holiday. Please join us next Thursday on our Facebook page as we talk about underrepresented populations. Uh, Just a quick note, coming up, we are back with live shows starting on December 7th, which will focus on veterans health issues. And make sure to join us online Wednesday, November 29th from 1130 to 1 Central Time as we host a free Medicare information session through Zoom. As always, these are free and open to anyone. Registration can be found on our social media page or send us an email at contact at prairiedoc.org. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again to Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for The Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcasts. My thanks to Dr. Dressander for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.